We have quite a bit packed into this episode. First, we take a look back at an exciting weekend of being on the hood of the number 68 Chevrolet Camaro of Brandon Brown in the Xfinity race at Nashville. Who would have thought that kicking the tires would have been the primary sponsor on an Xfinity car? Plus, two updates from Hendrick Motorsports. First, Chase Elliott suffers a DQ after NASCAR found loose lug nuts on his car. Not one, not two, not even three, but a total of five loose lug nuts. And second, news that we all saw coming. The official announcement with Jeff Gordon moving to vice president of HMS. Big news that everyone knew was eventually coming. And something we don't get to see much from motorsport athletes, but 2021 Monster Energy AMA Supercross champion Cooper Webb has been nominated for an ESPY award. Cooper Webb uh, was nominated for uh, the first ESPY award in the best athlete for the men's action sports category. Plus, Seth Eggert shares his opinion article on why a diverse NASCAR matters to him as a Jewish journalist. That was my first personal experience with discrimination. Join us as we take a look back at NASCAR's trip to Music City, how the second race of Tony Stewart's SRX series went, and our predictions for the Pocono doubleheader. Welcome to The Kickin' Show. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Kickin' Show, the official podcast of Kickin' the Tires. we got Seth Eggert, Justin Schuler, call you second this time, and the movie star himself on location near Pocono, Pennsylvania. Zach Catanza ready, getting ready for some racing action uh, at the track this weekend. And, uh, you know, what else you got going on? I mean, did you have any any roles this week? You, you, are, you, are you on set or did, did they, they let you go off for the racetrack? Um, they let me go for the racetrack. So I have the, the weekend clear. I just got home back here in Pennsylvania, about 45 minutes east, I think. Of, I don't even know the direction, but about 45 minutes away from Pocono. Um, yeah, I just got off uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods last week, which is uh, a DC movie coming out two years from this month, June of 2023. So um, hopefully I'll be back on that and it'll be, you know, kind of ease the transition into waiting for two years. But um, not, not long of a wait until Pocono this weekend. I, it's one of my favorite tracks. So I'm just jazzed up to talk about it. Well, excellent. Justin, what's happening out on the, out on the California coast? Man, we are opening up. It's exciting. We're finally catching up with uh, the rest of civilization. It's pretty nice. So, yeah, I mean, I can't really complain too much. Can, can you go to a restaurant without having to sit outside? Yes. And, yeah, so we literally, uh, what was it, Tuesday of last week was our first, like, actual full open day. And my brother, who's living with us, and then my wife, Rachel, we, three of us, went out to a restaurant and just sat down. Walked in with no masks, sat down with no masks, ate food with no masks, and no. The secret is you have to like wear the mask, but you but you cut a hole in the mask like right here, so that way when you open your mouth, then your mask opens up, and then you can like eat, and then like does that? That yeah, was kind I'm of missing trick for you and a half. Dang it! So, so <laughs> I'm gonna eat. Some, I'm gonna eat. I don't know if y'all noticed this right here. This this is an Andy's hat. This is Andy's frozen custard this is an unauthorized commercial for andy's frozen custard we're not authorized to, to have them on the show but i would love for them to join us and since you brought up eating i'm going to just look look this this was cookie dough okay it's empty you know why because my wife ate it this was oreo it's empty too you know why? My wife ate it. 
Andy sent me a care package a couple weeks ago because Andy's is going to sponsor the Xfinity race at Texas Motor Speedway coming up later this year. They're also going to sponsor AJ Allmendinger, and they they sponsored uh, Austin Dillon, I believe. They have the number three uh, flavor, which is really good at Texas Motor Speedway. All I have left, all I have left is I'm going to eat on the show. I have chocolate. So I'm going to join my chocolate. Seth's going to tell us what's happening in North Carolina. <laughs> well, that's one way to do a transition. <laughs> anyway, um, we could, they could sponsor our rear end. <laughs> well, we well, did sponsor someone. We didn't, we didn't sponsor his rear end. We sponsored the hood on Brandon Brown's car. We were the primary sponsor. Who would have thought that kicking the tires would have been the primary sponsor on an Xfinity car? And who would have thought that that car would have ended up kicking the tire? Yeah. yeah. We did kick a tire. The brake and shattered. <laughs> anyway, Seth, what's going on out in North Carolina? <laughs> <laughs> and well, the, wait, 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 wait. The brake loader shattered, went through the tire. Kudos to Brandon Brown for not hitting the wall like Ryan Blaney did on the next day. So I'm just or, saying. Brandon or Quinn Hoff. Or, or, uh, for anybody else. Uh, yeah, there was Chris a lot Busher, of brake failures. Justin Haley. Uh, yeah, we, we could go Chris down the list. Yeah. So uh, great days in Nashville, but what is happening uh, out, out in uh, out in the motherland of NASCAR, Seth? Well, not much is going on here. I let's see. I wasn't on last week because I was attempting to race my way into the Firecracker 400 on iRacing. I ended up about a second short. Uh, finished 20th. I had to be top 11 to transfer into qualifying. Uh, their qualifying is going on right now on iRacing. I'm slowly following along while doing the podcast. Junior has not qualified yet. Uh, Junior won the primary, the prelim that I was in. Uh, I did not crash this time, and I finished on the lead lap this time. Last year, I got wrecked out on lap one. Uh, it was a fun little race. Uh, I'd say probably the most fun I've had on iRacing in a, a little while. And I'm actually looking at maybe running uh, the IndyCar series on iRacing this season, uh, the next 12 weeks, because they're actually going to a lot of tracks that I've historically been good at. Uh, but back in the real world, uh, I met Greg Stump for lunch earlier today, just, you know, hanging out uh, and still working at the college. Right now, there's still no students on campus and just getting ready for the fall semester. So, so you think not much going me, on. You think they'll let me race in that, that IndyCar stuff? I'm better in IndyCar than stock cars. Well, it is a, a official series. So all you have to do is get your license level up to a Class C and you can run it all you want. What do you start off with? Rookie. You go rookie, Class D, Class C. I'm Class D, so I'd have to work on that, wouldn't I? Yes. Yeah, I suck at that racing. I'm great at eating chocolate frozen custard, though. So, well, <laughs> well, I have to go back a few years to look at the stats, but I want to say in 2014, I finished ninth in the IndyCar standings in a couple of seasons. So, eh, maybe I can pull that off again, this time in a kicking car instead of a random white car. Hey, that'll work. Justin's frustrated yeah. with me, by the way. I'm not frustrated with you at all. 
<laughs> it looks it looks good. I didn't have enough to share. You know why? Because my wife ate the rest of it. Yeah, so Andy. And yeah, if you yeah, guys you, are listening, please send more frozen custard to my house so that I can have it. I I live One, right two. next to I live right next to an Andy's. Really? It's literally right up the road, and it's freaking jam packed every day. So I haven't gone yet. But I got coupons in the mail, so I might go when I get back home. But Stop and ask them if they want to sponsor a podcast. I mean, yeah. we think of the yeah. think of the publicity that we got Brandon Brown this past weekend. Right. Okay. Also, and, and the publicity we got from Brandon Brown as well. We, I, like, I what? mean, our website kind of did blow up. I'm just saying, you know, being on <laughs> being on being on Brandon Brown's car did not hurt our stats at all. So. Uh, so, you know, if you're a sponsor out there and you're looking, there's two great partners here, Brandon Brown, Brandon Built Motorsports, and Kicking the Tires. And we still have a partnership going forward with Brandon Built Motorsports. We're going to be on their hauler. Zach, you've got some great things going on with, with some other potential sponsors that they're bringing on board. So this is, a, this is a really good partnership that it just took me 20 years to put together. How old was Brandon Brown 20 years ago? <laughs> probably six in diapers <laughs> i can look that up let's see i think he's like 27. racing reference he was probably young definitely in uh definitely a lot young you know he, i mean 20 years tw 20 years ago he would have been seven years old so okay, Ooh, so i was off was by a, one it was, was second grade so there you go I was off by one. We'll talk about someone who was uh, probably in the second grade 20 years ago. Chase Elliott. Hey, uh, great run for them. No, he's only 24. Nah. He's only 24. Didn't you say, like, you didn't know who would be older, like Kyle Larson or, or Chase Elliott? And Larson's, what, 26 right now, 27? He's yeah. actually, what's it? That, that's a pretty similar age to Brandon Brown. So, um, but yeah, a uh, couple news from the Hendrick stable. Uh, uh, Seth, you got... You got one on the uh, kind of industrial side of things. But Chase Elliott, not a bad run, won a stage and uh, finished 13th until he got dinged in post-race tech where they found not one, not two, not even three, but a total of five loose lug nuts. That's a record. Four of them, four of them on one wheel. That, uh, yikes. <laughs> um, now, I wonder who's vibrating at the end of the race. Now, granted, I wonder if that is most likely from all the brake rotor issues and stuff like that because that that's that issue sounds like a brake rotor warped and uh every time you hit the brakes at that point the the whole wheel and or axle just completely vibrates and i guarantee you that's what knocked them loose i don't think it was the tire changer i can i'm almost 90 percent. i'm almost 100 percent positive that it was it was not the tire changer's fault there um because there's no way that especially these guys at this high level are not missing they're not missing five lug nuts you can't tell me that well, um, i mean that's a lot of that's a lot to miss especially four on one wheel because i was sitting at the track and we knew something was going going down in inspection i actually went over to nascar and said look I have to do the, the AP radio wrap. What's happening? It's two and almost two and a half hours after the end of the race. We still didn't have an inspection. You know, what is, did the five car fail? Did, did, did Ross Chastain's car fail? What's happening? And then they said, we're fixing to tell you. So I'm going over there, changing stuff, getting ready, get my tweet ready and getting the show ready. And the nine car of Chase Elliott, 
has had. First, they said four lug nuts, which was bad enough. Then they came back like two minutes later and said, uh, correction, there were five lug nuts loose on the nine car. Yeah, out of 20 uh, possible also. Um, yeah, and then Scott Miller said on Sirius XM too that probably, Jerry, what, another reason why they took so long is that whenever these teams or a specific driver starts to uh, fire off, they really put them under a microscope. That That's literally the, the word he used there. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised if they put that number five car under a microscope because the last six races, excluding the All-Star race, his worst finish is second. So um, the All-Star race. I fully expected the uh, the the announcement on on Sunday night to be the five car being taken back to the R and D center for further evaluation, but we didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, bummer for Chase Elliott. What that does mean, though, is since he did win stage one, yes, yeah, stage one, um, he loses that playoff point and loses all the points from that as well. And Kurt Busch gets the uh, playoff point for winning stage one. And um, yeah, uh, let me let me just tell you, I, I actually texted Kurt. Kurt didn't know um, that that Chase had been disqualified. And I texted Kurt and I said, um, "Dude, don't know if you know, but nine car disqualified. You're the winner of stage one. I'll take it. Happy times." <laughs> 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 And then, Chase, and then to just kind of throw another marble in there too, Chase Elliott put up on Twitter, uh, he retweeted NASCAR and NBC announcing his DQ. He asked, a, he asked a question, he said, honest question, if it had come off, talking about his wheel, if, if our wheel had come off and we crash, we would then get to keep our stage points, question mark? Which it's a legitimate question. Um, no, the his, rule book. Uh, well, so yeah. the, everybody would have gotten like, you know, a gazillion dollar he, fine and suspension. He, well, he would have kept the playoff point. Yes, that's and that would, that, and yeah, that's what I was going to say. Then had his crew chief, tire changer, and tire carrier, if I remember correctly, suspended for four races. Not to mention, I think it's what a hundred thousand dollar fine. It's hefty. But here's my question: How come that didn't happen in the uh, ex, was it Xfinity race or is it truck race or Xfinity race that in like the first lap the wheel came off? Uh, that was Quinn Hoff in the cup race. Was that, was that and, the cup race? Yeah. It was the they, cup race. He, okay. It didn't come off until after he hit the wall. Yeah, oh, the is that impact, what it was? Okay. The impact, okay. Yeah. The, what they said was the impact into the wall broke something in the hub or in the um, – in the. Uh, I always want to say spindle. Uh, suspension. Okay, because I was um, – that's right. I was sitting in the press box. It was a cup race. My bad. I, I saw a lot of racing this weekend. I haven't had a lot of sleep. Um, but the uh, – I don't know if y'all know this or not, but Nashville is kind of a party city. Um, <laughs> just saying. Fits and NASCAR perfectly. I know. It, it, it fits a lot of the drivers perfectly. Yep. So absolutely. They, it, it was fun times in Nashville. Um, I want to go to Nashville when there's not a race so that I don't have to like work all day and then play all night and then not sleep. Um, but you Matt know. Corson will show you around. That's what I heard. Uh, he you was know. there. He, was, he, he shot some great photos this weekend. Yeah. So Christian Coley was there too. Uh, he was shooting photos. I think you know he did a, a couple Arca stories uh, as well as shooting some photos. Uh, and I, I think we put a couple of them on the site. So it was a good time. And by the way, did I mentioned that we sponsor Brandon Brown's number sixty-eight Brandon built motorsports Chevrolet Camaro. 
Speaking of fun times in Nashville, uh, Stuart Hot Racing had a really fun time in Nashville with two of their guys finishing in the top five. <laughs> you just completely ignored. <laughs> wow. Uh, they almost had four in the top ten if it wasn't for Brake Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, we all we know about Brake Brothers on the 68 car. Yeah. Because our Brake Rotor on the 68 car. And I say our because I feel I feel connected <laughs> to the team through the sponsorship. These guys are really awesome. And uh and I I know I'm I'm cutting up, but seriously, I can't get over the fact that they let us put our logo on the car. I'm still kind of like shocked. It really was cool. And the checks awesome, today. It was cool to watch on TV and see Dale Jr. call it kickingthetires.com. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was trying so hard well, to find like a well, GIF from the movie Emperor's New Groove where he's like, for the last time, we did not order a giant trampoline and just go, for the last time, it's .net, not .com. Well, he, well, said here's it right. he said it right the day before. Yeah, he said yeah. it right in practice. Yeah. Uh, look, in the heat of the moment, practice. trust me, it's like, you got to go. I am not throwing shade at Dale Earnhardt Jr., buddy. Thank you for mentioning kicking the tires. Thank you for talking to me in the media center about it. I got to talk to Dale Earnhardt Jr. about sponsoring a car in the Xfinity Series. And the, 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 the attention that Brandon Brown was able to bring on, bring to us was great. And if you're a Except that Dale there, Jr. should uh, start following all of us on Twitter. <clears throat> all right. Well, there's anyway. that. But, but seriously, if you're a sponsor out there, and this, I'm going to write a like, little column or something on this. Dude, the Xfinity Series where it's at. I mean, reasonable rates to get on a car. And, you know, Brandon and those guys were just amazing to work with. So, and Zach, I know for a fact, you already know who their sponsor is for this weekend at Pocono. You probably can't tell us yet, but, you know, I know tomorrow you're going to be announcing it to the world. I will be, yeah. Yeah, obviously with the official media partner of Brandon Belt Motorsports uh, for the remainder of the year. So that's going to lead to a lot of, uh, exciting opportunities and one of them uh, which was kind of an idea I had and something that uh, we've been doing for a little bit was to kind of incorporate more video content into our articles and our coverage you know I did it at Indianapolis 500 I did debriefs uh, perhaps we're going to be doing something uh, a little similar with them so I'm going to be with the CEO of their new sponsor that will be announced uh, tomorrow or Friday uh, for Pocono and we're going to discuss uh, what that partnership is like. It is someone brand new to NASCAR, so um, it really shows what Brandon and that team is doing. Uh, they're getting websites like us who've been covering for decades, and they're getting people who don't have any experience in the sport, so uh, it's showing that that team's really healthy, and we know they're competitive. I know this weekend really hurt them in terms of the playoffs, but uh, we still got, you know, a good handful of races for them to, to get into the postseason because they're a top five, top ten team every week, so it can be done. Hey, uh, you know, we, we, we were going to get into the Stuart Haas stuff a while ago, but we do have video uh, from Kevin Harvick and Eric Amarola. But take us through what happened with, uh, with their race in the, in the uh, cup race, because I know you were up uh, keeping up with that. Yeah, it was, I would certainly say, their best weekend they've had in, in quite a long time. I mean, when it came to the weekend as a whole, I know we haven't had a whole lot of full weekends this year uh, with practice and qualifying, but what we saw from them this week was just, an overall full, complete weekend. And, you know, it didn't end well for about half the cars, but um, obviously Eric Amarillo went out there and won the pole. Uh, I mean, I felt like he was one of the only guys not to blow turn one in qualifying. Everyone was going into turn one and they were all washing up high. A few guys hit the wall, Truex, you know, ended up starting like 35th. It was just a tough corner. 
And now Mahola went out early and he ended up getting the pole, which um, I know really surprised me. And I'm sure it surprised even Eric and, and most of the team. Um, you know, we've seen him have really good mile and a half speed and this isn't a mile and a half. It kind of drives more like a short track or kind of its own thing. So we didn't know what to expect, but uh, Eric brought that pace and he won just the third pole. Um, and, and I expected him to fall off in the race and he did for a little bit, but I mean, he pretty much held inside the top 10. And uh, when it came to that final stage, he ended up just moving up, moving up the, uh, the running order. And he ends up with a fourth place finish, which is fantastic for him. I mean, he's just had a horrible, horrible season. Uh, he went on a run there with just DNF after DNF. And, um, you know, he had sixth place at Richmond, but that's been it. So for him to get a top five from pole, uh, definitely stops the bleeding. And and one of Almarola's best races he's had in a long time. And Jerry got to speak with him after the race. Here's his thoughts on how his race went. I think we're working hard. Um, you know, we've, we've had a lot of races where the four has been a 10th place car and the other three of us have run, you know, 25th it seems like. So we have, uh, we've been working so hard. When you run bad, um, it's 10 times as much work because, um, you know, you're, you're going down every single different avenue trying to figure out what's going to make uh, speed in the race cars. And when you have fast race cars, it's easy. You just massage on it and polish it and uh, keep going to the racetrack with what you know is fast. So we've been working so hard, proud of everybody back at the shop, um, and specifically this 10 team. Man, we've been uh, off, and it's been nice to get it back uh, going here in the right direction after two weeks in a row of running up front. Going in the Pocono, he's had, he's had good weekends there, but, um, you know, Harvick, he was in the top five as well. Not as crazy of a result. He's um, just, like for many years, he's been by far the best H SHR car. Um, and it's, it's been an off year for him. This is his first top, top five, I think, in like a month and a half or two since, uh, since Kansas. Uh, so it definitely kind of got him into the right direction right at Pocono. He finally won there last year. But uh, he was definitely pleased with the result after the race. Jerry got to speak with him a little bit. Is this what you were talking about before the race, that you this is the type of stuff that you need to, to move forward with, building blocks? Yeah, you know, I think before our damage, I think, you know, we probably had the second best car at the end and got a little bit of damage on the right side. And got a little bit tight and then ran out of gas there off of turn four and lost a couple spots. But all, all in all, it was a solid day. Uh, so it was a good result for him. And then, Seth, you mentioned the other two, the Stuart Haas and really felt for them, Cole Custer and, and Chase Briscoe. They definitely had top 10 cars, I felt. Uh, we saw you Custer. Say, you Custer? Seven. What was that? Custer, not Custard. Custard. Oh, okay. Custer. Come on, man. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be sponsored by Andy's, but it, it would it would make sense. Uh, but well, yeah, well, Custer. Cole Custer. I'm yeah, having Cole Custer right here. Doesn't Cole Custer have a custard review on YouTube, yeah. if yes. I remember correctly? Oh, Does he still boy. do that? It was fun. He had a fun yeah. time with it. I think he paused it during the pandemic, but I hope he brings it back. Yeah, it was like Cole Custard, Cole Custard reviews. I'm hoping yeah. Andy's sends me some more Cold Custard. We should, we should set that up, but <laughs> hopefully it goes better than Custer's race because that, as I said, he had a great run going. Uh, he's had a tough year, only I think two top tens. Qualified seventh and was running well, and he had one of the many uh, brake issues, as did Chase Briscoe. And uh, for these guys, for Briscoe, it's his rookie year, and 
Um, he's been having decent results, but I mean, when it comes to the playoffs, they're Almalola too, the 26th, 27th, and 28th in points. Um, absolutely. I know we still have nine races to go, but it's definitely a must win for all three cars. So, um, I mean, a lot of positives to take out. I know half the team didn't get the finish they deserve, but I think if you had to talk to most teams uh, when it comes to luck or having the, having the speed, I think for the most part, you want the speed because luck, I mean, that can just go any other way. You can blow a motor, you can, you know, get a fuel mileage finish. I mean, just anything could go with luck, but if you had that pace, you have that good uh, foundation to where you can bring that to next week um, and, and repeat what you've done. So they had their momentum and uh, we'll see if they can repeat it in Pocono. Now, uh, Seth, you did have some news in, in Charlotte this week. You forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, <laughs> The big man himself, Jeff Gordon. Actually, he's not that big. He's kind of short. But Jeff Gordon, named vice president of Hendrick Motorsports. What a! I'm shocked. This is my shock face. Yeah, it's the big news that everyone knew was eventually coming. Uh, Jeff's been a co-owner of Hendrick Motorsports for years. Uh, he's co-owned the 48. He had a lifetime contract there after he stayed loyal to Mr. H while Ray Evernham went to Dodge uh, in 1999 and 2000. Uh, and he's now the vice chairman, or will be, the vice chairman of Hendrick Motorsports, effective January 1st. Uh, and he is leaving his role in the broadcast booth with Fox Sports at the end of this year. Uh, he will take over some minor roles to a certain point at Hendrick and Mr. H is still going to be there, still going to be the ultimate say. And Gordon, I know he'll be on the uh, diversity committee that NASCAR founded earlier this year as well. Uh, on behalf of Hendrick Motorsports, uh, he'll be representing them there. And it, honestly, it's just something that I think we all knew would happen one day, especially after the 2004 plane crash uh, that Hendrick uh, tragically had. Uh, Gordon was the natural successor at this point. And that's when they lost uh, Ricky. Yes. And in uh, the plane crash, they were all going up to Martinsville and uh, the very mountainous area. It's a very treacherous airport. They're coming for landing, and in uh, the plane crash, we got lost in the fog. I believe is what I what I heard. But uh, you got a lot of great people. Uh, lost their lives that day, and, and you know, Rick has uh, Rick has he actually talked about um, Ricky this past weekend at Nashville uh, post race, and one of the questions I asked was because you know the last time the five car was in victory lane at a Cup race was at, in in Tennessee was his car. It was uh, I think it was. Bodine was driving. Yeah, Jeff Bodine. Bodine. Yep. yeah. And he and, started uh, from and, the fifth position, all yeah. that stuff. So, you know, he talked about those memories and, and everything of having, you know, having, you know, looking back and paint schemes and, and, and Ricky and, and, and the family. So, so that's just, you know, it, it's fitting that Jeff Gordon moves into that role. We all knew that he would, but he is like, Jeff Gordon's like a son to Rick Hendrick. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, this is uh, the next the next step in the line of progression. You know, you never can tell with Harvick about how, whether he's in a good mood or bad mood. He, he he was obviously pleased 
um, with the results. But as he said earlier in, in the day, that same day, actually, uh, before they went out for qualifying, they're not having the same conversation about running good and winning and everything. Uh, so that's some of the, the message that you heard in the audio there was, uh, was referring to the comments that he made earlier in the, early on the day about his team overall and where they need to be and where they, they, they still have a long way to come. Justin, speaking of a long way to come, my understanding, this is big news. Cooper Webb nominated this is like i don't know if anybody in maybe it's happened but has supercross ever had an athlete nominated for an sp before maybe ricky carmichael or somebody like that i'd have to go through the list i know there have been some motocross like guys who mainly focus on motocross as with their careers that have been nominated before i'd have to see about supercross but yeah this is huge whenever you have any kind of motorsport athlete nominated for uh, something like this it's always big news because uh, for some reason like our athletes just get overlooked left and right um, I know it took a long time for Jimmy Johnson to get recognized um, while he was in the middle of his five championship streak but yeah like you said uh, Monster Energy Supercross champion this year two-time champion now uh, Cooper Webb uh, was nominated for uh, the first SBO award in the best athlete for the men's action sports category uh, so yeah like you said it's a huge deal coming off of a season where he won almost half the races eight of 17 uh, for the Supercross season and already off to a strong start with the motocross uh, season as well um but yeah anytime something like this happens it's huge you can go to kickingthetires.net if you want to cast your vote and help uh, another motorsport athlete uh get that award uh, very well deserved though i mean he was he was so dominant all season long uh it's been a long time since we've seen someone uh, just kind of set the bar and own it uh, like cooper webb did this year so really cool special thanks to all the guys at felt entertainment to give us the heads up before they sent that press release out uh so really cool uh thanks thanks for all them helping us out but yeah huge huge news coming from supercross with that yeah actually carmichael was uh, uh an sb back in like 2007 he, he did get put up. i don't know if he won one wanted or not but he was nominated i believe back in 2007 so a uh, little quick research while you were talking about it. Yeah. Look, this partnership, this is the coverage we've been, you know, giving to the Feld Group with Supercross. Uh, I didn't know what to think of it when you brought it to me, but our readers sure love it. And uh, and they definitely are, are easy to work with. So uh, I hope this goes on and continues for a long time. Yeah, and even with Rachel too, she's absolutely loved shooting the photos um, and stuff like that. And then for me, it just it's just so much flashback to my childhood memories of racing uh, motocross and all that stuff, being out there with them. So, Seth, I racing, and uh, you did uh, before you get into that. Would you mind just briefly talking about your column that's up on the uh, on the website right now, if you don't mind? Yeah, I don't mind. Uh, I. As I've talked about before, and I know you've mentioned it on the show before, uh, I am Jewish, and I about two weeks ago, it was the one-year anniversary of NASCAR banning the Confederate flag. And after reading some thoughts from uh, Daniel McFadden uh, over at Front Stretch and some interviews he did with race fans that have actually become fans 
because of NASCAR banning the Confederate flag, uh, I wrote down my thoughts and some of my past experiences. Uh, I, I mean, if you were to look at me, if you didn't know I was Jewish, I would look like the average race fan way back when. Uh, and I had two experiences. Uh, one at a truck race, uh, I was wearing my star David, uh, it, that my grandfather had passed down to me, uh, God, 2008, uh, was when he passed it down to me. Uh, in 2013, uh, at a truck race, I was in the restroom, uh, leaving the restroom and I was confronted by a fan. I'll, I'll use air quotes for this fan. Uh, and he was asking me if I would picked up a $20 bill from behind a trash can. And it caught me off guard. Uh, being the helpful person I typically am, I looked and they even tried moving the trash can to see if it was there. And uh, when I apologized saying it wasn't there, uh, he said, look, I know you're made of money. Just give me one of the 20s. And I realized I had the Star David out. Uh, basically, instead of tucking it in my shirt, I still had it out. And I realized what was going on. Uh, that was my first personal experience with discrimination. And then at a race, uh, a rainout race, 2015, uh, I said shalom at the end of the invocation. I always have. Uh, my family always has. And some fans, I guess, heard me and didn't take too kindly. Uh, pelted me with some beer and I felt threatened because the way they were pointing and shouting at me uh i left my seat and thought some of them were following me missed probably the first 30 40 laps of the race uh before i got to a different section where i knew one of my dad's friends was sitting and uh, figured i wasn't going to leave the track but i would at least sit by somebody that i knew so that way in case anything did happen i could go to them uh, and oh, then, go ahead. and then it left me wondering what I was doing with the sport. I mean, I, I've always been a fan, uh, at that time. I was still a fan at that time. I, uh, was writing for iRacing News earlier in that year that had come to an end, uh, that ended, I think in May of that year. And I, did a short developmental journalist stint with Publish Speed that ended, I think, in June. And I was left questioning what I was doing in the sport. Well, here's the thing. There's no excuse for what happened to you. Uh, we talked about that last night. Yeah. We talked about this before. We should have been there because, uh, you know, that wouldn't have happened to me <laughs> because security would have been called for, to pick up the guy on the ground. But I get, I get the situation, yeah. you know, um, complete stereotypical bunch of crap that, you know, you shouldn't have had to put up with. And those people don't deserve to be at a racetrack. You know, I don't agree with a yeah. lot of stuff that happens at racetracks. And I kind of, you know, sometimes I, I don't say anything, but let me tell you something. If someone... If I see someone mistreating someone or disrespecting, no matter what the race 
nationality, ethnicity, religious freedom, whatever. That's not going to sit well with me. And I don't think it would sit well with anybody on this podcast. Um, I don't care that you're Jewish. I'm Christian, you know. But you're my, you're, you're, you work for us. You're, you're my friend. And it wouldn't matter if I didn't know you. Yeah. I'd have seen that. It, it had been bad news. And NASCAR needs to step up and make, you know, and they're doing a good job. Yeah. Now they brought on Alvin Kamara to do some, some outreach and some things like that. But I don't think that's, that's all. I think there's more to it. Yeah. And I go on to say that in my piece, uh, I, Basically, yes, they're opening up and they're being more diverse, whether it's with race, with sexuality. And I'm just sitting here like, don't forget about religion. Uh, and the main reason why is, A, my personal experiences, but and I also talked a little bit about uh, Josh Rayleigh's suspension and how that affected me as well. I'm familiar uh, with that one, yeah. <laughs> well especially because my grandparents survived the Holocaust. Uh, my grandfather was in Auschwitz. Uh, that basically the only time I feel awkward at the track in general is during and immediately after the invocation. And I'm not saying to get rid of it at, at all. I'm more to try to be more inclusive with the invocations. If there's a way of doing it, I know there's been a, uh, reverence and priests that and i believe lewis frank uh, referenced one uh i want to say this past sunday uh that always said uh shalom and amen at the end of his yeah uh, i remember that yeah so there, there are some and there are ways of doing it i i just wish it was more common because i feel like it's less common today and, and you're probably right i mean you know that maybe that uh, an area that's that's left over that, that that NASCAR hasn't addressed. I'm sure they will get to it at some point. Who knows? Maybe they'll read your column. Um, I do know they read everything that goes on the website, so I'm sure somebody has seen it by the end, by this afternoon. <laughs> um, so you know, and, don't and be the surprised one, if somebody reaches out to you. Yeah, and the one thing I didn't do was name the tracks because it's not the track's fault that this happened. The tracks can't control that this happened. If and if you look at my social media, because I was taking pictures and dabbling in photography back then, you can probably figure out which tracks I was at as well. Well, so. I can tell you this. I can tell you this. Last year, we did something on the site. I did it because NASCAR banned the Confederate flag. There was protest yeah. at Talladega. Rather than just sit there and write the story that, oh, NASCAR banned the flag, I went and talked to the protesters that were protesting yeah. NASCAR banning the flag that they were selling, by the way, across the street uh, at the off-site concession stands. And then our site gets hacked, shut down completely. Justin, you know, is trying to save everything we have. We get it back up and then it gets hacked again because I guess they left the back door. They knew what they were doing. And I know who did it. I know what group did it. They bragged about it. And, you know, so... We were not promoting anyone. We were showing how stupid and idiotic these people sounded. Mm -hmm. And what, what they stood for was not the values of what I stand for, this company stands for, or what anybody on this podcast, or what NASCAR stands for. But we got, we got victimized for it. Um, and we still haven't gotten our archives put back up yet. 
yeah Jer- hundreds hundreds of stories that we don't have on the site because of what happened last year yeah and jerry you and i have talked about it quite a few times before i don't want to get into the context of it because i don't want to throw anyone under the bus as well same like what seth with uh, the track names and all that stuff but you know my slogan has always been you know it's it's not a color or a religion it's an attitude and that's basically what it is just these people think they're bigger than a certain race or bigger than a certain uh, color or a certain uh, religion and whatnot and then you just see this kind of attitude uh, pop out and it's pretty consistent across the board so it's it's really sad that people uh, do that because uh, I'll tell you what from from joining this team I've learned so much from uh, from someone like Seth and, and people who hold different viewpoints, whether conservative or more liberal or more centralist and all that stuff. Uh, and I think it's really helped me get a better, bigger uh, perspective on on the entire industry and everything. So. Well, Seth, if you ever have an issue uh, and you're at a racetrack, you got you need to call yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, well, well, <laughs> well, to be fair, 2013 hey, and 2015. Hey, not because I'm going to come whip yeah. someone's ass, but I might. But I have a direct line to NASCAR security. Okay. <laughs> So yeah. we're we just going to invent a, this issue. We're, we're just we're just going to invent a time machine for Jerry, and then he can go back to 2013. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say 2013. The only person in NASCAR that I knew, uh, or <laughs> and I'm saying in NASCAR loosely, is Enrique Contreras, because I was doing a little work for him at at the summer <laughs> shootout. And then 2015, yeah, I kind of knew the people from what was Popular Speed. But uh, it's no longer around. You don't have to say that name yeah. anymore. But yeah, it's not in existence anymore. So, yeah. but moving on, there was some eye racing <laughs> news uh, to something more lighthearted. But, uh, but I, I want yeah. people to read your to read your column, and uh, and I want them to take it part. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, but like I and moving on to the eye racing news, which is a little more lighthearted uh, and good natured. Uh, Bobby Zelensky won the uh, E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series event at Pocono Raceway. It went caution-free for the first 72 laps. Then uh, seven cautions and three overtimes later, Bobby Zelensky held off Ray Alfala, uh, his back-end teammate, uh, Mitchell DeYoung, and when I say back-end on iRacing, Yes, you have uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, you have Latart Esports, you have uh, 2311 Racing. But on the back end of the site, you have different teams. Uh, Zelensky is on Latart Esports. And on the back end of the site, he's teammates with uh, Mitchell DeYoung, who is on 2311 Racing, along with Keegan Leahy, who is on 2311 Racing. So he held off. Alfala, he held off his teammate uh, in Mitchell DeYoung for the win. Uh, the first caution uh, took out Keegan Leahy. And both William Byron Esports drivers, Nick Ottinger, who won the pole, Logan Clampett in the 97, Michael Conti in the 8. And those were the three dominant cars of the race. So that basically left Bobby Zelensky, who was the fourth fastest car. And... Brad Davies, who had a pit road speeding penalty. So you basically just had Zelensky at that point. And it was just caution after caution. <laughs> they couldn't, in overtime, they couldn't get through turn one without the caution waving. Have you ever driven Pocono? I mean, I've driven Pocono on yeah. I've driven it in the trucks. 
Um, I I've driven it in the Indy car. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. I actually I think I had I think I've done that too. I wrecked, um, but I made it through in trucks. It's still it's dicey. It's yeah. Dicey. So. And I've been running into trucks as well. I've mainly ran it in Indy car and in Indy car. Uh, Turn two is dicey, almost no matter what series you're talking about. Uh, Monday Night Racing did run again. Uh, and again, Shane Van Giesbergen won. Uh, that's his fourth win in six races that he's run. So uh, he's oh. kind of like Kyle Larson to a certain point. Um, no, no, he's not. No, because Kyle Larson is just like, you know, superstar race car driver right now. Well, Shane Van Giesbergen <laughs> is superstar race car driver in Australia, to be fair. But he's, uh, he's doing it in pixels. Kyle Larson's doing it at 200 <laughs> miles an hour in real life. So all the praise but... to Kyle Larson. You know, <laughs> he deserves the kudos. Um, man. And as we speak right now, granted, I know this is recorded. But as we speak right now, qualifying is actually going on for the E-Racer uh, Firecracker 400. Uh, and Nick Ottinger is currently on the pole. He's one of three drivers that have gone faster than a 43-second lap. And some of the notables that have not made the top 20 to lock into the main event, which is a week from today, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. did not qualify as of right now. Same with Ryan Vargas and Garrett Smithling. They all have to go to second-round qualifying tomorrow to try to lock into the bit, the main event next week. Okay. Hey, is that a kick in the tires pin that you're chewing on? Not chewing on it? <laughs> but yes, it's a kick in the tires pin. It's a kick in the pen. It's a kick in the pen tire or a kick in the tires pen, whatever. You got, a, you got an SRX recap for us over there, Mr. Scratchy Pokey? I don't want to do these anymore. Hey, what's that hotline to NASCAR security? I'm going to call it right now. <laughs> Am I bullying you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. This SRX series is wow. Like, they are doing really, really well. I don't think anyone realized how, how big this is. So 1.3 million viewers last week on their season opener. 1.1 million this round at Knoxville on dirt. They are, they are absolutely blowing it out of the ballpark with CBS Sports right now for, for, a, for an inaugural series like this, only six races. Uh, they, are, they are bringing in a viewership. Um, and I think, uh, I, I, I couldn't find it, but I could have sworn I heard somewhere that Knoxville was sold out. I know Stafford was sold out. Um, and I, I, th there's no way these six races are not going to be sold out. This is just absolutely great stuff that Tony Stewart's got and Ray Everham and all the other people running it. Uh, speaking of Tony Stewart, he won. Uh, so there hey, you go. Hey, hey, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so everyone can finally say it's been fixed and we're good to go. We can get that out of our system and get it done. I don't uh, mean that, Tony. I know you raced your ass off, but yeah. He did. But he did. He really did. I saw the and, I'll, and I'll tell you what, one of the people that kept him honest that entire race, I don't think anybody, and even he admitted, there's no way I would have thought I would have been keeping Tony honest, was uh, Ernie Francis Jr. He had never stepped foot on dirt before. 
uh, then goes out and runs second almost that entire um, uh, that entire main event, even when Mikey took the lead uh, from everyone and Stuart kind of fell back. So uh, kudos to him. He did get a little of the uh, bump and run from Haley Deegan, who uh, ended up stealing that second spot on the final lap or two laps ago or whatnot. Uh, so really cool to see her uh, right up there, uh, only within about a second or two, right behind Tony Stewart. Here's um, my question. Here's my question: If she could have got to Tony's bumper, because he was yes, yes. Th- th- I don't even know why you're asking that question. That's the <laughs> stupidest <laughs> question I've <laughs> ever heard in well, my here's entire what, life. Here's what I, here's what I'll say though: If she had more practice in the car, because she didn't get to practice Friday because she was running the truck race, right? So she only had five laps of practice, and that was the qualifying session. And to be uh, fair, she didn't give Ernie a bump and run. She passed him cleanly on that last lap. So did she? Yeah, yeah she. It was gave, uh, she gave. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Paul Tracy a, the bump and run earlier in the race. Paul was oh, giving himself me. a bump and run like the yeah. whole night. He, he, <laughs> yeah. would, he would have bump and run. He would have bump and run everybody. Paul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Tony, Tony earned again. it. So yeah. that's a that was a great race. It really was. It was. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have a Nashville recap. I mean, the big news is Kyle Larson won and Chase Elliott was disqualified, and Ross Chastain came in second. Justin, you have anything else? I mean. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what Stuart. Uh, we're not Stuart Haas, but I don't know what um, uh, Chip Ganassi got all of a sudden. <clears throat> <or stuff. clears throat> um, uh, but <laughs> I mean, some some switch was flipped over there, and they figured out what uh, Hendrick has figured out because all of a sudden they are consistently top fives and top tens, intermingling it with the uh, Hendrick cars. Hey, hey Kurt uh, ran out of gas. That was the only reason why he started dropping back. Yeah, but he was what uh, sixth or seventh he uh, was sixth. on the last lap? Sixth, yeah. And so, he ended up eighth uh, when he crossed the line. Right. So well, I mean, well, now he's seventh because Chase. Well, no, no, Chase was thirteenth. Uh, oh, okay, that's right. Chase was further back. So. Yep. But he still gets that extra point. So yeah, that he did. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, uh, uh, the other thing, the other thing, uh, Ryan Priest won the truck races in his first truck start. That was pretty uh, cool. That was yeah. 40. Yeah, that, that I was going to say he's one of like five or six drivers that have done that. Casey Kane is one of the others. Uh, Robert Presley. Newman, Newman was Mike Skinner. 2008, so yeah. it's a pretty rare feat. Yeah. And, uh, and, they, and he then, did a track that he never ran on before. It's like... Yeah. It's kinda, a lot of these guys haven't run on before. Yeah, I mean, I mean you got to realize the last NASCAR in general race was, what, 10 years ago? Years ago. Yeah. So... It, and they were there Priest, testing in like 14 or something, but yeah. And Priest is back in the truck at Pocono, and also in the truck series field is Kyle Bush, who won the his 100th Xfinity start or Xfinity race uh, at Nashville. Yeah, and he's got to race two more races this year, and then he says he may not race next year because there's nothing sold. So. He could be hanging it up. No more Xfinity races for for you know. Nothing sold. He's just living up to his promise of when he gets to a hundred, he'll retire. Trust me, he could sell. So he'll he could, he'll just... he could literally sell a sponsor on like his sock, like on the underside of his sock, and be like, "All right, I'm gonna put a sponsor right there." Right, like... but here's the thing: he only gets five races. It's the Kyle Busch rule. Come on. 
Yep. So how long until he claims he would retire from the truck series then? Because he's only at 50-something wins in the truck series right now. I think well, he could to, for to 100 in the truck series too. Well, I think, gonna he's gonna, I think he's going to eventually run for a truck series championship. That's my goal. Yeah, me too. Become the first, three, first guy to win championships in all three series. As so, who, career, though, so who's going to get to 300 total wins first? Kyle Hendrick Bush. Motorsports in the Cup Series or Kyle Busch across all three series? <laughs> Kyle Busch. Well, Kyle Busch is at 219 right now. Hendrick is at 270 right now. I'll go with Hendrick, yeah. I, 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 well, I mean, numbers-wise, you would think. But i yeah. tell you what, if Kyle could run, if, if there was no Kyle Busch rule in, in uh, Xfinity and Trucks, I would pick Kyle Busch, but there is oh, yeah. the, there is definitely the Kyle Busch rule that you know first it was ten, then it was seven, now it's five, you know, and it's all because people whine. They only whine when he races and wins. They don't whine when like Junior or you know somebody else, Ryan Priest. They don't whine about them going down there. Well, they don't win, and they usually of- don't. And they usually don't run that much. Like if you think of Keselowski or Harvick or Logano, Blaney. These guys, I think they only have like three starts combined in the last two years. Like a lot of the cup guys don't run Xfinity much anymore. Well, Blaney can't run in other in a lot of other stuff. It's got it's a whole coordinated thing. Unlike Larson and what's going on over at Hendrick, Roger Penske doesn't let those guys race extracurricular races. And uh, and I learned that earlier this week. Um, and oh. talking to Ryan. So although I will say this though, I noticed something interesting on the owners points sheet. There is now a Penske number 12 in the Xfinity series listed on the owner points. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they run, whether it's Brad, Joey, or Blaney at either Road America or uh, the Indy Road course to get some experience since there is qualifying at both races. Well, I, like I said, I, I, I talked to a lot of people this past weekend being at the track and with the garage being open and things like that, and NASCAR making the drivers actually available yeah. for, for interviews. Um, De Benedetto obviously doesn't know what he's doing next year, but not worried. Um, and, he'll and, have something. And they're, according to him, his in his contract, according to him, in his contract, they have to let him know by like August 1st or whatever. August 1st, but last year it went longer than that. Um, Kurt Busch is in the same boat. He's got to – August 1st is like the general we have to tell people um, what – their plans are for the next year and so that's that's pretty much across the board um so it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out but and then too know, with brad keselowski and roush who who knows if that's actually going to go through or not well which... i asked brad this weekend a lot of people ask brad's questions but I, I talked to brad uh and he's like i promise you i will talk to you in two months so in two months i will be giving him a call and we will see what mr keselowski has to say about whether it's going to be Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing or Roush Keselowski or Keselowski Fenway or Keselowski Roush or just Keselowski Racing. Who knows? It could be a combination of anything. But uh, Brad Keselowski, obviously, uh, the rumor mill out there that he's going to uh, leave Penske and join the uh, the Roush fold. Well, the pain on the name. Do what? That name's a mouthful. <laughs> Well, it's like DK well, or something. well, they have a number of options to pick. And speaking of picks, there were some winners and losers in fantasy last week. Loser. 
Oh, oh, that's right. The, oh, kind of oh, I forgot. Yep. I forgot about the fantasy stuff at Nashville. How did you forget when you're freaking leading the points down? How did that happen? Seth, Seth, explain how I became the leader of fantasy NASCAR points. Well, you became the leader in fantasy NASCAR points by picking Kyle Busch, who finished 10th. At, and that is also... Not only did he finish 10th because of uh, the way everything worked out, but he also gained a spot in, uh, I think it was stage two, with Chase being disqualified because he was behind Chase at the time. So he got 39 points, giving you a total of 571 and a 21-point lead. Nice. Mm. Be classy, uh, Gary. I was classy for like seven, eight weeks when I led the play. <laughs> I'm gonna stay classy because I know it can. I know it can. It can. It can slip away in just one race. It'll be gone. Now, so. now the winner of the week was yours truly. Uh, mm. I picked Larson because Jerry picked my pick, Kyle Busch, and somehow no one had picked Larson yet, so I grabbed Larson. And he won his uh, fourth race in a row. No one in the modern era has ever won five in a row. Yeah, but does the All-Star count? I'm not counting the All-Star. So then that would be three in a row, yeah. But still, it's either way, it's super impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy had four in a row in 07. That's all I can remember. Yeah. So 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 who's third? Who's second Uh, place? Who's in second place? Who's in third? What's the breakdown? Well, me and Zach tied, are tied, right? Tied for second is Justin and Zach. Yeah. Uh, and then in fourth is myself with 546 points. I'm 25 behind Jerry. In fifth is Sarah. In sixth, two points behind Sarah is Summer. One point behind Summer is Rachel. And then you have Christian, another five back. And Matt is over 100 points behind you, Jerry. Wow. What happens when uh, you slave yourself to uh, Uncle Bozos? Yes. <laughs> now, hey, yesterday was Prime Day. Uh, this is going to be the first week that, that, that Corson gets to relax in like in the past month. So I'm uh, happy for him to be able to at least chill. Now it's time for our picks for Pocono, but it's a double header, so we actually have to make two cup picks. Wow! So how do we want to do this? Do we want to do like Saturday's race, we go from the bottom up, and then Sunday's race, we go from the top down? No, we're just gonna go bottom up like normal. See, that's tough because one of our picks might win on Saturday but lose on Sunday. Well, you get to pick twice. Ooh, here's an idea. You get two picks, so you do your first pick, you do your second round of picks, but we cannot pick the same picks. So we literally, so between the four of us, we have to pick eight different drivers. That works. So, so are we picking two drivers for? Why don't we just do it like normal? We pick the first race. Then we come back and pick the second race. Don't be, don't be, you know, messing up our. Oh, come on! I'm trying to make it like the All Star well, race, super complicated that you can't figure it out, and it gives well, us the advantage. Okay. <laughs> well, well, here. How about I set the example since I'm the lowest in points of us here, so that means I pick first. Okay, go ahead. So, 
for trucks, even though we're not counting trucks in Xfinity yet, for trucks, I'm picking Kyle Busch. For Xfinity, I'm picking Ty Gibbs. For the first Pocono race, I'm taking Kyle Larson. For the second Pocono race, I'm taking William Byron. Now, now, the next person to pick is Zach. Okay. Uh, for trucks, I'll go with... I guess that's only matter. Uh, Zane Smith. He just came off his first top five, so I'll go with him. Xfinity, I'll go with Austin Sindrick. I remember him being incredibly fast there last year. And then for Cup, I guess on Saturday, um, uh, Christopher Bell for race one. He got his first, he got a top five there last year, and he had another top five run in the second race before crashing out. So go with him. And then uh, Denny Hamlin for race two. He's always so good on these double headers. He usually wins, whether it's at Michigan or Dover or Pocono, he usually wins one. So I'll go with Denny for race two. Who was your one pick for race one? His first pick was Bell. Bell, okay. All right, all right, all right. So um, for trucks, I I mean, John Hunter Nemechek, because that's kind of the easy one, right? Uh, So we'll do that. And then for Xfinity, um, hmm, I feel like I want to go for a surprise or or a half surprise, I should say. Um, I'm going to go Jeb Burton. I'm going to go Jeb Burton for that one. And then for Cup, let's see here. Do, do, do. For the Pocono Organics CBD 325, so Saturday's race, um, I will go, and we can't pick same uh, Cup guys, so let's see. So you Larson. Can. You can. You can. Yeah. Oh, we can. Yeah. Oh, well then, shoot. Well, then yeah, Larson for, oh you know what, Seth, I'll do the opposite of you then. I'll go Byron for Saturday, Larson for Sunday. Fair enough. I'll do I'll do opposite of that. I mean that that's just I mean you you can't go wrong with the Hendrick stable, uh, and especially with Kyle Larson who literally over the last three races is one point shy of max possible points, 189 out of 190. Uh, I put up on my tweet 188, but that was before Elliott's DQ. Um, so that's definitely uh, points being locked in right there. And I heard he gained 90 points on the regular season championship with Denny over the last, like, three races. Uh, he, 101 he, before Elliott's DQ, so 100 and now points. 10. Now he's 10 points back. Yep. Uh, yeah. And yeah. he's moved from fourth to first playoff seed. Uh, he's led 648 of the 792 laps, which is 986.1 of the 1,231.7 miles. Uh, and if that, if you're curious percentage-wise, that's leading 81.8% of the races. Now, now there's one more person who still has to make picks, Jerry. I'm going to stick with Johnny Sauter for the truck race because sooner or later, by God, the, the bad luck has got to get off of that, that man's shoulders. And I went to Thorsport to their farm out in Nashville last week in Murfreesboro uh, and great digs, great, great setup, nice food. Um, talked to Johnny, talked to, talked to uh, Crafton and, and Christian Eckes and Ben Rose and much others, but 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to pick. I'm gonna have to stay with Johnny Sauter for trucks. For Xfinity, I'm gonna go with. You know, after having a bad luck with the brake rotor, I'm gonna go last week. I think they figured that out. I'm gonna go with Brandon Brown again with Brandon Belt Motorsports, of course, because we have a partnership with them. And then, since this counts, I'm thinking. Alex Bowman on Saturday and Ryan Blaney on Sunday. Ooh, interesting. Right. All right. Well, then, picks. then here are Rachel's picks because she texted me them from work. She wants to pick Joey Logano for Saturday. Um, and then she said her backup pick was Ryan Blaney for so in this case would be for Sunday. So if we're count, if we're letting people double up uh, on top of each other, then she'll also go Ryan Blaney for Sunday. Oh, you can't pick the same thing I picked. Okay. No, well, no, she picked Logano Blaney. But the she way. picked Blaney for Sunday, like Jimmy. Yeah, I picked. Yeah. I picked so for so Saturday and Blaney so, for Sunday. So let's reverse it and do Blaney for Saturday and Logano for Sunday. Would that work for her? She wants to do Logano for Saturday because Logano's starting okay. fourth and Blaney's starting down at twenty seventh. So let me I'll get her I'll get her other pick uh for for Sunday then. Okay. Okay. And then we'll have to wait on Sarah Summer, Matt, and Christian. But uh that's gonna do it, guys. This week I'm gonna call it a wrap. Um I'm gonna go well I was gonna go have some Andy's more Andy's custard, but I don't have any more. So well, it's quit rolling your eyes. Just have if, Zach well, go if, run. If you had some of this you. stuff, you would be eating it too. I'm just saying. If you had Andy's custard right now, you would be eating Andy's custard. You'd be wearing this hat and you'd be eating that stuff. Okay. It's really, really good. You can have your custard and eat it too. Yes, you can. So <laughs> that's, that's a good slogan. I like that. I know. That's why I said it. it <laughs> That's going to do it here for us on Kicking the Tires and the Kicking Show. We'll see you guys next week if uh, Justin and I don't, uh, you know, pray to the website before then.